the Giants look to rebound from a bad home loss to the Cardinals in Detroit. Can Big Blue find their way back in the winning column and turn the ship around? Our own Steve Serby joins us to preview the game. We also chat with Giants legend and Super Bowl champion Harry Carson. All that and more next on the New York Post's Blue Rush podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. We will be bringing you Giants podcast every Monday after games and Thursdays previewing Sunday's game for your listening pleasure. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Jimmy Fela. We'll be joined every week by our team of Giants New York Post beat writers. We'll also be joined every week by current and former Giants players, along with celebrity fans. In the immortal words of Mills Lane, let's get it on. And it is a big week for the 2-5 and five New York football Giants as we head out to the Motor City, which I must say has come a long way. I, I worked there as a stand-up comedian five years ago, and when they ran a run-and-shoot offense, they literally were running and shooting. It was a different atmosphere. So I'm glad the city's doing well, and I'm happy that their team's doing well. They've got a great fan base out there, but I am certainly not rooting for Matthew Stafford and the boys this week. Uh, joining me on the podcast today, a man who I believe shares my sentiments. Uh, we are certainly brothers from some other cosmic mother. Uh, I am a huge fan of his writing and, uh, you know, so-so fan of him personally, but we're thrilled to have him on the pod today. Steve Serby joins us. Hello. Good morning, Steve Serby. Hey, Jimmy. It's my pleasure. Come on. It's a big deal. I'm, I'm putting this podcast on my resume. Are you kidding me, Steve Serby? Yeah, I was only kidding. It's not really my pleasure. Hey, Serby taking shots out of the gate. You're supposed to hit the quarterback, not the podcast host, Giants. Come on, man. Uh, how you feeling, hey, champ? You, you feeling good? You've been good? a long way since your days as a cab driver. I'll say that much. <laughs> you know what? I, I got to tell you, I've been training for this job my whole life because as a cab driver, that's all guys know how to talk about together. Strangers bond over sports. So guys would get in your cab, be like, make a life on 39th Street. The Jets suck. You know, go straight. Screw the Red Sox. You know, that's always been the vibe in my cab. So this is just an extension of that, Serbs. Well, you know what? We should do a podcast from with you driving a cab and have Harry Carson or, or somebody in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anybody who, who can get violent if I make a wrong turn. You know what I'm saying? Like most of these people I could take, most of these guys down going down the Wall Street. But if you make a, you know, you make a wrong right turn with LT or Harry Carson in the back, that's a long day for Jimmy Fallon. That's a good point. All right, let's drive us let's drive to Detroit together. <laughs> okay, we're in Detroit now. Roll them up. Now, nah, it's a big uh, it's a big week for the Giants. We're trying to bounce back obviously. That was a tough loss at home to the Cardinals. Um, you know, for my money, and I, you, you know I'm an optimist, and you and Paul Schwartz like to give me a hard time. But I have seen the signs at times, you know, a good example of that would be they played the Patriots close a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, certainly a sloppy first half, but it was a game they were in. You know, they've been in games. Do you see any uh, two and five, Serby? Am I still crazy for thinking we've got, we're going to win five out of our next six? Yes, you're you're still crazy. <laughs> Nothing has ever changed with you. Um, look, this is this is not about 2019. I've said that right from the beginning of training camp. This has been. This is about 2020. This is about Daniel Jones hitting the ground running at the start of the 2020 season. That's why the Giants whacked Eli Manning prematurely yes. after two games. Yes, and uh, they're just going to have to live with his growing pains. And I'll, if they win five or six games, 
uh, I'm afraid that would have to be a successful season. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, but I'm still a believer. In fact, I am taking the Giants plus the seven points this week. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I agree the- with you there. I agree. I think this could be a get-right game for them. The Lions can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. They've, they've only got 10 sacks. Yep. The offensive line of the Giants is angry mm-hmm. and for allowing eight sacks last week, which yep. they should be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and Saquon should be okay. He's not 100%, but, you know, 80% of Saquon is better than 100% of most other backs. Well, so, so, yes. Load up on that bet, Jimmy. Whoa, look at us. Me me and Serby sending it in. Um, I would say this. I think it is going to be very helpful to them to be in a dome this week after the oppressive elements they encountered last week. And it's something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. But that was kind of Daniel Jones's Meadowlands baptism, if you will, in that it was the first time he really faced the adverse elements that, you know, the swirling winds that the stadium is known for. Could you, and maybe you have a better idea of this, is there a history of guys playing in rough terrain in the Meadowlands and then having an easier time the following week? Well, it's not going to be – it's going to be easier in that regard, yes. But don't forget, Ford Field can get very, very loud. It's yeah. one of the loudest places in the NFL. Mm. So Daniel Jones is going to have to encounter that. Uh, I don't think he's had – he was he didn't start in Dallas yeah. uh, against the Cowboys. So this is going to be his first real loud – yeah, a po- uh, road game. So he's going to have to deal with that. Now, look, he played at Duke, so he's used to playing in bad weather. Uh, <laughs> it, it's an adjustment for every quarterback, yeah. especially one from California. Yeah. You can ask Mark Sanchez about that. <laughs> but but I, look, Daniel Jones will be fine. I think uh, these are growing pains that every quarterback goes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Manning went through them. Eli didn't win a game yeah. after he replaced Kurt Warner in 04. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Matthew Stafford has gone through severe growing pains as a rookie. Has he so ever? I think Giant fans should just relax. You know, Dave Gettleman thought he fixed the offensive line. He improved it. <laughs> but Nate Solder hasn't uh, held up his bargain at left no. tackle. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Jones has shown to be a tough kid. He can make a lot of really, really good throws. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and he's got that mobility that you need that P- Pat Shermer craved that Eli Manning did not have. Yeah, so I, I think the kid's going to be fine. All right. Well, that's the optimism we need. If we're going to tell everybody to refinance their house and take the seven points, I need that kind of Steve Serby optimism. Is Sterling Shepard getting on the field this week? No, no, no. He said, uh, you know, he's had two concussions yeah. in, in within a, within a month mm-hmm. and, uh, you've got to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a, he's got a wife and a, kid and another yep, kid on the way and mm-hmm. he's got a really well you know, one more concussion and and he's gonna have some serious well, reservations about continuing his nfl career yeah uh he, they're gonna keep him out well and, tell you, uh, and wisely so well that's the difference between sterling shepherd's wife and my wife my wife would want me right back out there Fifth concussion, yeah, well, sixth concussion. I can't, I can't blame her either. Jen, Jenny Fail is trying to she's trying to cash those insurance checks. You know what I'm saying? She'd be like, "Oh, it's fine, honey. Walk it off." But uh, right, she would she would probably tell you to play without a helmet too. <laughs> that's how I that's how I got into this mess. That's how you wind up marrying a girl from Cleveland in the first place. Now she's a good egg. Uh, but my, so so as I, <laughs> as I know, so as I I look ahead to the week, 
Okay, the, the, the opportunities for growth obviously are everywhere after the mess we made last week against the Cardinals. But I specifically think if we've got a what healthy mean, Saquon mean, Barkley the made? rest of the way, and fingers crossed that we do, there are things this team can do to take the pressure off that line, so to speak, and that the pass protection has been suspect, and we've gotten the quarterback. He doesn't hold the ball with two hands for some odd reason, and he's holding it for too long. But if you can run the ball with Saquon, um, we could manage clock a little bit, and the Giants could start to get into some games that they haven't been in. So how important is he going to be to my prophecy of us finishing with more than five wins? You're talking about Saquon? I am, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, well, one thing that they, they can do, what Daniel Jones can do to get the ball out of his hands quickly is to target Saquon in the passing game. Mm-hmm. He only targeted Saquon five times against the Cardinals, completed three. Saquon should be a weapon in the passing game, and he would – screens to Saquon mm-hmm. would help the offensive line immensely and obviously would help Daniel Jones immensely. And that that's why Saquon was drafted, to help make – everybody around him better yeah so get the ball to Saquon early and often and like I said the Lions are not great mm-hmm. are not a great run defense no. snacks Harrison uh your your yeah. dining buddy from from a couple <laughs> of years ago has a gro- has a groin problem as do you from what I've heard and uh <laughs> if if snacks has a groin problem then the Lions run defense will not be the same no, no, it will not. Uh, I'm not even going to respond. I'm not going to dignify the shot you just took at me, sir. Like, you're entitled to some of those. You're the senior guy around here. I've got I've to concede certain defeats in certain subjects. Um, but I, I go into this game in the same mindset of you, is that the running back is the key to this. There's got to be more to, more to Saquon Barkley than giving them a draw on third and eighteen. You know, we need to get him involved early. I think short completions are going to get Daniel Jones' confidence up on the road. And then I think we're looking at a more manageable game than these odds makers seem to think. Because what happens in sports a lot, Serby, is, is more so than anything. Everybody really is a prisoner of the moment. And you see the Stafford play well last week. You see the Giants get completely run over. And you just assume this is all there's ever going to be. But we're set up in a way where every year in the NFL, there's a team going into week eight that everyone is left for dead that sort of becomes our Washington Nationals. Somebody's going to win, you know, eight out of, seven out of eight games and turn the whole season around. I am sticking with my prediction until I am mathematically forced to change it. How? What do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? You mean your Giants plus seven prediction? Yes. Yeah, no, another reason, uh, I, I hate to agree with you, but uh, this could become costly if you and I both share a bet on this. But uh, the Lions running back, Carrion Johnson, is out. Mm-hmm. He's being replaced by a sixth-round rookie named Ty Johnson. So here's a chance for the Giants' run defense mm-hmm. to show that that uh, Chase Edmonds, who scored three touchdowns against them last week, is not Jim Brown. <laughs> and uh, the Lions – Matthew Stafford is going to be a problem. Yeah. But – they can force him. They can stop the run and force him to throw. And uh, the guy they got to look out for is Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the real problem. And and Kenny Galladay, I got to be honest with you. Not only is he a multifaceted talent, but he has a very nice profile picture on Twitter. Unlike uh, someone I happen to know, Steve Serby, who is still rocking the Twitter egg as his profile picture. Um, what Wait is? Wait a minute. That, no, yeah. no, that's that's my picture. That's my photo. That's really your photo. That's what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I always I always forget that you're Amish, and that's you know I feel bad inviting you onto this podcast. But yeah, I saw that 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 profile photo. I I had some concerns, Serby, but I want to plug your Twitter feed because it's a great follow. Uh, from what the producers tell me, uh, it's New York Post underscore Serby S E R B Y New York Post underscore Serby. You know, keep up with Steve Serby. He keeps you informed. He keeps you in the loop. You know, it's like when you come to this podcast, Serby. You know, it's like in Goodfellas when they get led into the Copacabana through the kitchen. You get that other angle into the showroom that the other people don't get. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, that's my wife's favorite movie, by the way. <laughs> that's really funny. Well, my, uh, you know, this podcast, the Blue Rush podcast, it is, it's, it's a way into Giants, into the Giants world where you get to cut through the kitchen. You're talking to the guys at the Copacabana who know Henry Hill, who can sneak you into a good table, and you get some good Red Skelton jokes too. Because you got Serby taking pot shots at my groin, you lowlife. I'm kidding. I love you, Serby. You're the best. Hey, how come you didn't <laughs> ask me about Pat Shermer? I, listen, I wanted to, but we're tr- I want to talk about Pat Shermer's play calling, but I'm trying to keep the language G-rated on the show. <laughs> so yeah. I, I wasn't planning on asking Harry Carson when he gets on either because there haven't been a lot of complimentary takes on it. But if you want to give me one quick, let's do this for the road. Well, fourth, fourth and 15. I mean, <laughs> those are about the same odds as, as you uh, giving a, su- a successful joke, I think, right? Servy. Wow, you know, I got the highest rated stand-up special on Amazon Prime. I don't mean to put on my sandwich board here, Mr. Serby. Uh, as really? Far, yeah, as far yeah, you could check it out, State of the Union. I don't, I don't wow. know of any reality show they'd have you on other than America's Got Issues. But uh, I think you'd be great on it, Serbs. Well, look, let's, like I said, let's get back in the cab and head to Detroit. (laughs) There you go. Well, Steve Serby, you are a legend, and we've got to do this again real soon because Harry Carson is on the line. Uh, You're a Hall of Famer in my book, but Harry Carson has his jersey retired. He's a Super Bowl champ. He holds weight. So I've got to drop you off on this corner of Detroit. Stay safe out there, okay? All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Talk to you next week. There you go. Take care, buddy. Steve Serby, a legend. A legend, uh, fantastic writer, not exactly God's gift to profile pictures. But you know what? Like the Giants, we're building here. That was post-legend Steve Serby, and now we switch gears to a member of the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is a Super Bowl champion, a member of the Giants Ring of Honor, and a nine-time Pro Bowler. And dare I say, he looks damn good on TV these days. It's kind of demoralizing me. Please welcome the great Harry Carson to Blue Rush. Good morning, Harry. Morning. How you doing? Uh, better now. Uh, I, I was I was doing my research for this interview this morning, and I saw you on your MSG. I guess it's Giants first and ten. Yeah. What are you doing, man? You look good. What's happening? <laughs> I, I need some secrets over here. Can you help me out? Uh, actually, I'm just trying to have some fun. <laughs> um, I'm so far removed from the game, but I still watch and still feel, uh, you know, the opportunity to contribute whenever possible on what I see as a former player. And um, so it, it's been good. I've been doing, you know, Giants television for a long time. And I've seen some good and I've seen some bad. And I've seen some in between. And, you know, sometimes you have to call it the way you see it. And when it's going well, going well and going good, you sort of bask in the glow of, you know, the team and, and what they're doing. But, you know, then there are other times when things aren't necessarily going all that well. And you sort of, you know, say at midway during the course of the football season, maybe we'll be better next year. <laughs> well, you know what they say in, in horse racing, you've got to be a mutter to run on a sloppy track. 
And uh, I feel like if you're a diehard Giants fan like me, you've just got to be a mutter this year. It's a little bit of a sloppy track, but we might pull it out for the stretch run. You never know. Um, Harry, well, I, I, you know, you, you could be a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I see you know, Jet fans and they're proud of their team. And I go, oh, you know, they haven't won anything in like 50 years. Hey, yeah, Harry, I appreciate yeah. the reference, but we're, we're not supposed to be talking about college football on the show. <laughs> we're talking NFL. We're talking Giants over here. But that no, that's very funny. I, I got a question for you regarding this year's Giants. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. once referred to you as the best all-around linebacker he ever coached, and that's something he said on more than one occasion. Is there anyone mm-hmm. playing right now that reminds you of a young Harry Carson, or maybe even an older Harry Carson for that matter? Do you see anybody? Do you see a little bit of yourself in anybody on this team or anywhere else in the NFL? No, I, I think when I. I'm going to give you a name, but I'm, I'm going to safely step back and say, um, you know, when I played, it was sort of a different era, and you know, it was about contact and and, and being a run stopper and all of that stuff. But a uh, guy who I would like to be compared with, and I think he's far beyond uh, me in my play is Darius Leonard, number 53 for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who just happened to be an alumnus of South Carolina State. We went to the same school, and um, I think he might have broken one or two of the records that I had down at South Carolina State. Wow, that's incredible. So he's the guy that... But he's, he's, he's very, um, very physical. I mean, he's very... Um, he can get around on the football field. I'll just leave it to that. And when he gets there, he can make really good, solid tackles. Yeah, a lot of versatility there. I mean, but that is yeah, that is yeah. that is high praise when a fellow like Bill Belichick, because he's had a little bit of a career. He seems to be doing okay, that Belichick fella. Uh, yeah, he's, he's doing all right. <laughs> he's doing all right. You know, and at any time someone mentions Bill Belichick, I'm yeah, I, I feel so honored to say that uh, Belichick and Parcells were my coaches. And I helped to make them the coaches that they became. And uh, the way that Bill has been, you know, with the New England Patriots, all of that started with the Giants back in the 80s. And so myself, Lawrence Taylor, Brad Van Pelt, um, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, Carl Banks, Gary Reasons, those linebackers who played during the 80s, I I think – Belichick did a lot of experimenting with uh, those players back then. And um, he formed his template from all of those players. And I think that's part of the reason why um, the Patriots, or the defense of the Patriots, have been so successful in the past couple of years. I mean, it's actually terrifying to think that their defense is probably better than their offense at this point. They're very, very good right now. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, when I think of your career, uh, I guess you and Jim Burt, I guess, would get the credit for probably starting. You were the pioneers of the Gatorade shower, dumping the shower mm-hmm. on uh, Parcells, getting to this current team. <laughs> what do the Giants need to do now to get into that Gatorade lane where hopefully one day we're dro- dropping some Gatorade on Pat Shermer? Is there something this team needs to focus on right now? You know, I'm not really a downer on this team. I, I see where they're coming from. and. I think that they really need to uh, – I think they're going through a period now of adjustment. You know, you're taking a step forward. You're taking two steps back. 
but I think they're going to come to a point where they're going to really start to gel and, and play better uh, toward the end of the season. At least I hope so. I hope you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But this is not a this is not necessarily a team that is going to win right now. But I think they're they're building. That's that's the reason why Daniel Jones is is the uh, starting quarterback now. They're they're building for the future. And I think that uh, it's incumbent upon every player to, when he steps on the field, be able to say, I gave my all, I did my best as I'm walking off the field. If they can do that, I think they'll be okay. But, um, you know, they, they're going to have to play uh, a much better brand of football. And I don't mean major things, but just, you know, fundamentally sound football and making tackles and so forth and, and, uh, you know, don't forgetting assignments and, and so forth. But I, I think, I, I think there, even with what's happening right now, there is a period of growth that they are actively going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a team, I say, it's a team you can root for because they're filled with mm-hmm. guys that are playing the Giants way and that they're letting their play do the talking. You know, we just went through a little bit of a turnover here where we had some pretty vocal wide receivers. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't see, uh, you know, maybe o- Odell Beckham would be a good example of this. I didn't see Odell Beckham as a guy who would fit in on the 1986 Giants. And, and it's not to say you didn't have outspoken players because uh, you guys certainly had a heck of a presence around town. But you guys let your play do all of the talking. Do you do you at least see that parallel with this team? Yeah, well, I don't really necessarily see it like that. When you have talent like that, you have to make sure that you cultivate that talent. Um, I think if he was on, if Odell was on the 86 team, I think as a leader, I would pull him aside and have a heart to heart with him and, and get him to understand that it's not just about him. It's about everybody in the locker room. And that's one of the great things about the 86 team that I, I tell every, everyone, I played a lot of football. I played 21 years from high school, college, and in the NFL. Played 21 years of football. And that 86 team is probably by far the best team that I've played with because all of those players made a conscious decision to check their egos at the door. And they did not care about who got the credit. Uh, but they were playing for one another. And I think, I think Odell, and, and I do know Odell uh, personally off the field, I think he wants to win so badly that he acts out sometimes. And, you know, he's just one of these guys who is not accustomed to losing. And so I understand him on a certain level, but I also think that if I was playing with him, I would have the freedom, and I think he he listens to me now. But I also think that you know, back in '86, if he was on that team, I think he would listen and understand that the success of Odell Beckham is is contingent upon the success of everybody in that locker room, and everybody has to uh, band together to be the best. Yeah, that's no, that's a great point. I feel like yeah. in we're we're in a day and age now because of social media that's almost encouraging the me first attitude because there's, you know, so many opportunities for players to be heard and act out now. And I feel like that was one of the benefits to playing in your era is you played the game, you talked to reporters and you were done with it. 
Now you really never stop talking to reporters if you want because you can always tweet and go. Would uh, would Harry Carson have been a happening guy on Instagram in 1986, or would you have practiced and gone home? No, I think I probably would have practiced and gone home. I probably would have perhaps um, looked at social media, but um, you, you sort of come to understand that Everything that you want to say should not be said. Yes, that's a great. You know, it's <laughs> a great point. You, you know, all, all, and I, I it, it's interesting that I've, you know, in doing the show with the Giants, I stay in contact with some of the players who play with the Giants, and Victor Cruz is a a, a player who, you know, I've sort of been very close to over over the years, and one of the things that I said to Victor is all truths are not. Uh, to be spoken at all times. And, you know, when you go on and you type something, it's there forever. And sometimes you're you're thinking or you're tweeting or whatever you're doing, you're doing it from the heart. And sometimes you can't put your heart out there. You have to just, you have to just shut up and just let it go and don't be a part of it. Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I've only tweeted, I think, twice. And uh, I've done Facebook, but Facebook for me is like family stuff, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> see what people are doing. You know, if I do do something with my grandkids, yeah, I'll put it on Facebook. Yeah, isn't that cute? Something like that. <laughs> I would not put anything from a football perspective yeah. uh-huh. on any kind of social media. Yeah, it's because a- it's. It, it can't end good. It, it never ends well. I, I, I don't see where, you know, the, the ends justify the means. But I have to ask you this. You brought up Victor Cruz. Who's a better dancer, you or Victor P- Cruz? Can you hang? No, Victor. He's got you. <laughs> Victor, hand, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there anybody you played with that could dance in his class? Because he, he's the real well, deal. Every, well, I didn't necessarily party with the guys who I, I played with. Like, you know, they, they went out and... They did their thing. I did my thing. Um, you know, and there wasn't a whole lot of dancing going on. I think it was a whole lot of guys just sort of standing around having a drink of you know, Coca-Cola, having a meal or whatever. But it wasn't about dancing. So. Yeah, a lot of Coca-Cola. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I, get, I get it. It was, it was a, you know, you play, did the talking. But let me ask you back to your play for a second. The difference, uh, you know, the biggest difference that jumps off the page at a lot of us now is you guys hit quarterbacks back then. And there was obviously just it was a much more physical game, even if you were playing in the secondary, a much more physical game. As you see this different version of the NFL now, which I understand maybe they have their best intentions in mind and that they're trying to minimize, you know, head injuries and stuff like that. But has have you seen these changes affect the quality of play now that they're not hitting the quarterbacks as much, now that they're not as physical off the line of scrimmage? I think that, um, you know, there are some players who want to ditch out those devastating hits, uh, you know, see a little whiplash, uh, hitting the quarterback from behind and, you know, breaking him up and all of this stuff. I mean, uh, you know, if you go back and you look at film, you'll see where Jim Burt hits Montana. You'll see where Leonard Marshall mm-hmm. hits. Uh, Montana, yeah, the, know, from the back NFC Championship game. I mean, that's yeah, an iconic yeah. and, sack. And and those plays were sort of the way. I mean, if you're a player, you, you get things done as 
best as you can. And sometimes, you know, you, you hit somebody, and it's not that you're trying to hurt them in any way, but you've got to get the play done. And, and at the speed in which you're approaching the guy, you, you can't stop. Uh, but quite frankly, I'm one of those players who, I, while I was known for uh, hard hits, um, you know, my hits kind of took place between the tackles and, you know, against running backs. So quarterbacks, quarterbacks, I had a tendency to not necessarily try to um, hurt a quarterback, but just get him in a position where he can't throw the ball and, you know, and pull him down. I mean, I've, I've done a whole bunch of arm tackling of, of quarterbacks and you make it effective enough that you're not putting your helmet into his sternum or your helmet into his back or whatever. So, you, you know, you can get the job done. You just have to, you know, when, when I played, I just wanted everybody to come off the field the same way they went on, safe and sound and, and, and not, you know, hurt or um, create any kind of, you know, lifelong uh, situations that, you know, it's going to deal, they're, they're going to have to deal with. But, um, you know, you have to play safe and you have to look out for even your opponents when you're on the field. It doesn't necessarily take away from your play, but uh, I think you have to be athletic enough to you know, go that route. Yeah, do this without hurting anybody, which may, you know, which makes a ton yeah. of sense. But uh, having said that, do you feel like, um, let, let's maybe Joe, Joe Montana, you mentioned him earlier. Do you think their stats would be incredible if they played in this less physical era? Like, can you even compare um, eras at this point? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I would see that. Um, yeah. Um, because that's the one The one takeaway I have is it seems to be a more offensive-minded league now with the proliferation of fantasy football, and they really have made things a lot harder on a defense, which is you know, got to be a challenge to the guys out there in this day and age. But I switch gears for a second because we got a game coming up in Detroit this weekend that we're all excited about, Harry. We're playing the Lions. Um, what do you see going into this game? Do you feel good about the Giants' chances against a guy like Matthew Stafford? Uh, well, you know, the last time the Giants played <clears throat> the Lions, um, I remember it was at MetLife Stadium. And I was out on the sideline, and it was like in 2017. The thing that really jumped out at me was the maneuverability of Matthew Stafford to extend the play and uh, get the ball off and avoid the rush. And I kept saying to myself, we need one of those, you know, from the Giants. <laughs> we need one of those. We need a quarterback who can elude the rush and throw on the run and extend the play. And so I think now the Giants have that kind of player in Daniel Jones, mm -hmm. but you know, the Lions still have Matthew Stafford. <laughs> and I think that that's going to be a challenge for the Giants' defense because you know, you can collapse the pocket and put pressure on him, but you know, if he is able to get out of the pocket and extend the play, it's going to put a whole lot more pressure on the secondary and the defense. So, um, you know, that has not changed. And so I think that's going to be the challenge for the Giants to be able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you, based on what you're telling me, I'm not going to bet the Giants. I'll stick with betting my son's flag football team. <laughs> <laughs> They're laying five I'm, points. I'm not going to tell you who, I'm not going to tell you who 
uh, who's to bet on or and who's not to bet on. <laughs> All right. Well, my contract. Well, if you don't hear me on the air next week, it's because my son's flag team didn't cover the spread. But, Harry, I really appreciate you coming on today. This was fantastic and very helpful. Okay, you're quite well. Rock and roll. We'll see you soon. There goes Harry Carson, everybody. You can check him out on MSG, uh, the MSG Network, New York Giants, first and ten. Where I got to be honest with you, he uh, so much better looking than me. I'm on television a lot. He's killing me, and it's ki- it's just killing me on the inside. But Harry Carson, there he goes. That's going to do it for this episode of Blue Rush. To hear the latest Blue Rush episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. We'll be back on Monday with the latest from the Giants as we recap their game in Detroit against the Lions. We'll see you then. We'll be right back.